Hi, ladies. Welcome to our podcast, The Millennial Girl Way, the podcast that highlights real millennial women doing the damn thing by turning their dreams into reality. Joining us for today's episode, we have Yelitsa Jean Charles, the founder and CEO of her very own company, Healthy Roots Dolls. Healthy Roots Dolls is a toy company that creates black dolls that help teach young girls healthy natural hair care management while also providing a positive representation of the beauty of their blackness. Yelitsa's dedication to empowering young girls is truly an inspiration for us. So, Yelitsa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your idea for Healthy Roots Dolls came about? Well, I feel like you said everything, so what's left <laughs> for me to say? Um, yeah, so CEO and founder of Healthy Roots Dolls, toy company that creates products that empowers young girls to love their curls and themselves just the way they are. Mm-hmm. Started it because I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, unfortunately. The fact that I never had a doll that looked like me growing up and um, going into children's media and, you know, I was going to be a children's book illustrator and doing research and learning more about the lack of representation that exists within children's media and wanting to leave an impact beyond just myself and my time here on this earth that will continue to inspire young girls after me, which ultimately resulted in creating a doll. That's how I started. (laughs) I, I saw a lack of representation, um, never had a doll that looked like me, and talked to my peers about it. It started as a class project where I redesigned Rapunzel and turned her into a little brown girl with kinky curly hair. <laughs> oh. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it looks like a doll. I a doll. And I was like, okay, let's see what I can do. And that led to a, a Kickstarter campaign after getting into an accelerator program, which then led to raising um, almost half a million dollars, bring the product to market, and then launching our, our latest version of Zoe as a, in partnership with P&G's My Black Beautiful. Amazing. That, I mean, that's just, that's awesome. I mean, I think that we don't, like you were saying, we don't have a lot of that representation. And we're in this day and space and time where people are really understanding just how important that is for, you know, the next generations coming up after us um, and providing that, that confidence for them and, you know, making especially young black girls feel like they can achieve different things that they can see themselves in the media. All of this is just, I love the, the, the kind of movement that's happening in, in, the public space right now. There's been lots of people creating different products and programs over the past couple of years, working towards the same shared mission of empowering children in general. And it's good to know that we have multiple players in the in the in the sphere. Um, so we're coming at kids from all points, whether it's STEM or the toys that they're playing with or the clothes that they're wearing, how they see themselves in the mirror. But I have faith that the children will be okay in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you had you had this great idea. What was kind of your first execution step and even, you know, assembling the doll and kind of how did, how, what did you do first to get the ball jumping on this? Yeah, so a lot of people don't know, but I went to school, I went to the Rhode Island School of Design, so I have a creative background and the original doll was sculpted by hand. Um, oh, the school wow. that I attended also has a tie directly to Hasbro. So the first thing that I did was I asked a lot of questions. Um, I utilized the resources that I had available to me um, while in university to tap into an industry that I didn't know a lot about. So I had to figure out what I did know, which is like, I want to make this doll and figure out what I didn't know, which was how do I make this doll? 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm-hmm. professors pointed me in the right direction of people who had worked in the toy industry, who, you know, sculpted things, who worked with factories. And I had lots of conversations and learned how to ask questions to get the right information I needed to bring my own product to market. The first thing I did was I sought, I, I sought out knowledge and, and information on how to do the thing I wanted to do, and then I did it. And so, you know, going further into that, we watched your TED Talk. And in it, yeah. (laughs) And in it, you spoke about how your experience with receiving your first black doll um, kind of, you know, really impacted you. Um, And then, by extension, you know, maybe not liking your blackness as much as a child. Where do you think? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have had experiences like that. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think, you know, the original notion of you disliking your blackness? came from and then how often and how easy do you think it is for other children to experience that same feeling well children develop like understanding of social constructs um particularly race even as young as an infant um just through socialization um and it's i'm not a scientist so i'm not gonna don't quote me (laughs) (laughs) telling you what i've researched you know, Google's your best friend. Um, so from what I've studied and learned, children um, learn through socialization, and it starts as, er- as early as an infant. Um, and it's based on, like, what you surround them with and who you surround them with and the content that they're digesting. So I didn't, um, by no fault of my parents, I didn't have access to a lot of diverse content yeah. um, and, or conversations. Like, I remember... You know, one of my favorite movies as a kid was Brandy when she played Cinderella. And you, yes. don't, you don't really see... <laughs> that, that, that was rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very uncommon. And so, you know, society is shaping your perception of who is beautiful, who is smart, who can do X, Y, and Z. And right. if that who doesn't look like you, you don't, you don't think those things about yourself. Um, and so you're... you're, you're, you're digesting this content where you're not presented in a positive light and yes we now have more content now um we have insecure we have shonda you know shonda land producing all these productions tyler perry's producing all these things but we still need more options so we're very fortunate to have more people telling our stories and more people you know listening and understanding that one story is not one person and but growing up that that wasn't necessarily the case you know, Brandy shouldn't be the only Black Cinderella or the Black princess that we had at the time. Right. So my, my experiences were shaped by that lack of representation. And as I got older and I, I gained access to the Internet, particularly Tumblr and, you know, Twitter, getting to see all the different people from around the world and, and seeing how they celebrated themselves helped me celebrate me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know that your dolls are... Um, you know, they're meant to empower and educate young girls. But, you know, I think the first line of defense sometimes is the parents, right? Because the parents are the the ones who are deciding to, like, purchase your dolls. And, you know, if they're uncomfortable or uneducated, you know, about their blackness and what that means, we can only assume that, you know, maybe they wouldn't go as far as to purchase their own child a black doll. So how do you... How do you work to get the the parents on board? Or do you do you find that you invest a good amount of time and resources trying to do that? 
I don't believe in forcing anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. You can only present people with options and hope they make the decision that's best for them in the long term. Right. And so that's what we do is we, we show we show people the impact of the work that we have. We we go to events, we advertise, we all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're just here to show how happy kids are when they get their Zoe dolls. And if you want that to be your kid, you'll buy that doll too. And if not, you don't. But in, in an ideal world, everyone will understand the long-term impact that the toys, the books, you know, the music that we listen to has. But, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be that deep for everyone, and not everyone has that understanding from the get-go. So we can just get people to feel good about a toy that they're buying without necessarily knowing that it has deeper meaning or, or impact. That's fine. So, you know, in, in saying that, when did you first kind of realize that you had an actual viable platform that people were really excited about these dolls? Oh yeah. Well, I always tell people it's one thing to have an idea and another thing to actually execute on it. And so you'll know whether or not you have something viable based on whether or not people will give you money for it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. from Kickstarter, with the Kickstarter campaign, it was just an idea with like a sketch and, a, and one single scope. And even with that, we were able to get $50,000 of pre-sales of our product. And I say pre-sales because it wasn't a donation. This is people putting yeah. money down for a right. product that they would eventually get. And so seeing that I was able to get people to give $50,000, I knew there was an opportunity to continue growing this company and producing even more products and dolls that people would like. You know, and I, I, I like that you mentioned that because, you know, I hear, we hear a lot of different entrepreneurial stories and, you know, there, there are some um, people who, you know, you push out a complete product, make a ton of them, and then try to push it to the marketplace to see if anybody will buy it. But really, like, sometimes just because you have a great idea, it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be like a demand for it, per se. Yeah, and you, know. you sometimes you have to learn the hard way. You got to mm-hmm. do different iterations and go back to the drawing board. Um, and sometimes it doesn't ultimately work out. You find that this product isn't the product and for the problem, the solution for the problem that you're trying to solve. And that just means you have to have more conversations and learn more about your end user and figure out what is that product. Mm-hmm. Right? On your journey of trying to find funding, did you did you find that you were um, having a lot of like obstacles obtaining money? Cause I know, you know, we read out there that so many statistics about black people in general, just struggling to find people to fund our ideas. Yes. Yeah. So I, early on, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of different investors and funds and groups and you hear mm-hmm. the word no a lot. <laughs> and for me that determined that I was, I needed to do more work, but I also needed to do more work to find the right people to say yes. Right. Um, and so I stop. I don't believe in chasing money. Um, I believe if someone wants to invest in your company or support your work, they will do that, and they will they will get it from the jump, and they will make the effort to to work with you. So I pursued funding once I had the ability to show the work and attraction. I pursued funding for women, for people of color, for young entrepreneurs, for physical products. Mm-hmm. So I went into rooms where people were looking for me rather than, you know, looking for people in the room. That's actually a very important kind of conversation to have because there are a lot of women who want to build their own companies, but 
you know, just don't have access and don't have their own capital to, you know, even start something up. Um, just delving into that a little deeper, what are some major things you think you've learned from pursuing funding? Because I mean, to be able to, I think you mentioned 500K to be able to raise that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and a lot of times is unheard of, you know? I, I think if anything, I would say if I had to do it again, I wouldn't pursue, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have raised as strange as it sounds. Okay. Really? Um, cause all that time I spent trying to get people to give me money and pitching and, and, you know, doing these competitions could have been time spent building my product and my company. Yeah. Um, and that that's money right there. You, you, it's all about just finding your customer. Um, and so if I had spent more time focus on my products and focus on acquiring customers, I could have expanded sooner and da 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 da. <laughs> Although there are always gonna be situations in which you need a necessary amount of capital to start up. If you can if you can do it without, you know, asking somebody to write you a check, you can. You, I'm just saying you can do that. It's another option. And that's something that I often tell people with physical product is See if you can generate that revenue on your own. And if you can't, figure out why before you go ask somebody else to write you a check. Yeah. So you built your first doll. You had your first product out. What was the response like when you went to full market? Yeah. So we launched this doll in October of this year. And you know, we get we still get all the cute pictures and the kids and the videos. And it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's really heartwarming. Um, you know, I, it's, it hurts my feelings when I see them dragging her around and she don't have her shoes <laughs> on. But, you know, like, it's the heart. It's the heart that matters. And, and, mm-hmm. and just knowing that, like, kids are having a good time. You know, parents probably just like, my daughter takes her everywhere. Like, she takes her all into the bathtub and she takes her to sleep. And now, you know, her leg's a little twisted, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, it's just, my God. That just means they're playing with it. They love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's love. It, it hurts mm-hmm. because it's love. So <laughs> that's the one. That, so that's generally been the response is just seeing um, kids and, like, parents feeling good about the fact that they were able to give their kids something that they never had the chance to play with themselves. Yeah, and I can just imagine that that's so rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, um, actually being able to see and and feel specific instances of children enjoying your product and maybe their confidence being built, them ner- learning about themselves in a, in a different way than has been construed throughout the media for, you know, for a long time now. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's awesome. So, you know... In in building this platform as well, were there any obstacles that you encountered along the way? Uh, time. There's never enough time to do the things you want to do. Mm. And um, I feel like everyone can relate to that. But that's necessarily how I feel because I always have all these millions of ideas and then I never seem to have enough hours in the day to execute on it, even though I like break down my to-do list and and, you know, it all, it helps when you get the cap- capital to, you know, start delegating and outsourcing things. But up front, you're going to, you have to wear multiple hats and do all the things by yourself. And so while you feel like you don't have enough time to do those things, the end result is you become a lot more knowledgeable and become an expert in what works and, and what you need to do. So it's ultimately worth it in the end. 
Yeah. Did you did you see yourself as being an entrepreneur at, at some point, like when you were thinking about what you wanted to do with your career? When I was little, I said in my um, elementary school yearbook, <laughs> I'm going to be a fashion designer. And then in my middle school yearbook, I said, I'm going to be a designer. And then in my high school yearbook, I said, I'm going to be a creative director. And now (laughs) I design fashions for dolls, and I design the doll, and pretty Mm -hmm. much run the brand. So, like, I'm not going to say I saw myself being an entrepreneur, but I saw myself doing a lot of creative things. Right. Manifestation. entrepreneurs (laughs) are very crafty. Yeah, I was literally going to say you like what you actually do now incorporates all of that. all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, you know I got to do all the things all the time. I'm real tired, but I make it work. <laughs> How do you balance that creative side with now having to actually perform all the duties of a business owner? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past year as the company has grown is where to delegate and. Um, Mm. giving up control so you know learning not only finding the right people to do the work but also learning how to best communicate your own vision so that they can do the work Um, and that's Mm. one thing that is always going to be challenging because everyone views the world differently than you do and no one's going to understand you 100% but it's your job to be as communicative as possible so that you get the end result and you keep the team on the same path Um, for the vision that you have for the company. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, especially with delegating, I think in the beginning for like Shay and I, we would sometimes automatically assume that people wouldn't understand our vision. And like, you know what, we can just do it ourselves. Like, you know, why why hire somebody to do something or bring somebody on? Like, they're just not going to get it. They're not going to see our vision. But, you know, hindsight looking, it's like, you, if you learn how to properly communicate your ideas and get them across, you can move towards your goals a lot quicker by having people who, you know, will assist you in, in getting there. Yeah. I'm no expert. I, I work on it every day. <laughs> Us like, too, girl. It's about recognizing what your strengths and your weaknesses are and mm-hmm. just doing your best. Yeah. So going deeper into just the, the concept of the dolls as well, mm-hmm. in your TED Talk, you talked about the um, Mamark Dotson. Yeah. Um, and that goes into the, the study of white children and both black children as well, associating a negative traits such as ugliness and bad behavior with the more dark-skinned dolls. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, with your dolls, do you kind of – I don't know, create an atmosphere where, you know, the children are now associating good terms with the black dolls. Like, what is that process like, even with your your marketing and, you know, the different things that you call the dolls? How do you think black children are now associating with those dolls? My goal in life and anything that I do is to just make people happy. Uh, and so for me, Healthy Roots Dolls is just an example of one way that I can create happiness for children by creating something that they can see themselves in and love. So we deliver that with a doll that has hair that makes them think of their own hair that they can wash in style Um, and ultimately creating even more products after that. So we don't tell people how to feel when Mm -hmm. we deliver our product. We just make sure that they're happy and that it brings them joy. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I just, happiness is my thing. 
Um, yeah. I believe the purpose of life is to be happy and to bring happiness to other people and to also protect your happy. So when I'm designing my doll and like thinking about Ooh, what new accessories could we bring, I'm just thinking about like, yo, can you imagine <laughs> like if the girls have matching cheetah girl print pants and like, what if we give them like <laughs> flower crowns and just, it's all about creating fun because when you're playing and you're happy, you don't think about anything else besides yeah. that joy. Yeah. And I mean, I think that is really important you know, bringing happiness to such young people as well, because I think that radiates throughout the rest of, you know, their lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember when you got your like first doll set? And like, I remember when my parents gave me Polly Pockets and I was yes. Yes. Know, doing all these things. <laughs> like there are kids now who with their Zoe doll and the other things that we produce and launch are going to look back fondly on their childhood and be like, I remember when I, I made Zoe's backflip and da 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 And that's that's our goal there is giving them happy memories. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What is one piece of advice that um, you would give to our listeners, anyone who's looking to pursue their dreams? To pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. I think it's really brave to pursue a dream, but I also think it's really brave to acknowledge when it might not be working and change it. Mm, yeah. I like and that. I think that's something mm-hmm. that we all struggle with. Um, and I tell people this all the time. Like, if Healthy Roots stopped, was not working after, you know, this past year, I would have been like, all right, I did my <laughs> best. Mm-hmm. But this is not working. And I can't think yeah. of any ideas to help make this work. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot. I'm going to do something else. Um, yeah. And so that's one thing I want to see more people do is, like, it's not enough to have the conviction to go, like, to go down the, the road and, like, make things happen and, like, blast through things. It also has to make sense. It has to be working. Right. But just because you've been doing something for 10 years doesn't mean you're going to, you know, because we grew up in this culture and society that tells you if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get this result. Like, no, that's not always true. Yeah. <laughs> You can be singing and dancing for 10 years and not have met the right person yet or, you know, done the work or developed in the way that you need to develop because you didn't recognize you were lacking a certain skill to get to that point. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's not just about doing the work, but getting the results. And so I, I always tell people, like, make sure you're getting the results that you need and figure out what that is. Right. And having to pivot doesn't necessarily mean that you failed. It just means that, you know, you're looking at it strategically and saying, okay, well, this may not be the path that I need to be taking right now. You know, there no, sometimes be- it means you failed. Sometimes it means you failed. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. Failure is okay because you're going to learn from it. That's true. Life lessons. <laughs> yes. We're not scared of failure. I definitely have had some failures. School of hard knock life. A lot of things. I done messed up a lot of things. But then yeah. I learned, you know what? I'm not going to do it like that again. To save myself mm-hmm. a headache. Yeah, I know. I think you know what putting being realistic and putting things into perspective. That's yeah. That's really all that. Boring. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, Which, you I know, think that's missing sometimes. Yeah, it can be hard, <laughs> especially for like the millennial generation. Mm-hmm. I really feel like sometimes putting things back into perspective is very hard for us. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like you need those dreamers because that's how things happen. Yes, you know, that's very people true. having like crazy ideas or you know some unrealistic expectations that do end up working out. Um, that's true. So you know, I can't even tell people not to do things because it might work out. 
So just take risks. Take the risk and be okay with the results. Yeah. Right. So we're going to, um, you know, pivot into our special segments, which is our rapid rounds where we, you know, we just fire questions and kind of the first thing that comes to mind, you answer. <laughs> so, as quickly as I can. I'm going to do my best. I'm from New York. <laughs> yes, New York. <laughs> so what are some other companies or resources you think young Black girls should be aware of? Um, so are they in school or in general? In general, in whatever general. you want it to be. Um, so, you know, tapping into local entrepreneurs, I, I believe in sending cold emails. So always find people, mm-hmm. I, like whenever I want to do something, I find someone who has successfully done that thing and then I ask them how they did it. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I you love that one. Yeah. How did you do that? Like, mm-hmm. tell me how you, where did you start? But, you know, learning <laughs> to ask the right questions. You say you don't necessarily want to go up to them cold and be like, tell me how you built this whole thing. It's like, no, right. ask a specific <laughs> in- intelligent question. Like, <laughs> how did you design this? Or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, Google is your best friend. There are so many communities online where there are people who have expertise and knowledge that you can tap into from Facebook groups. There's a community called Eureka that has access to information. U-R-E-E-K-A. Um, mm-hmm. And then events, you know, you have to go out there. Like I used to go to, a, I still go, at, you know, entrepreneurship events. And mm-hmm. not everything has to be paid for. And somebody is paying, if you have to pay someone for access to an opportunity that is not an opportunity, you're the opportunity. <laughs> so, yeah, pay us $2,000 and we'll introduce you to investors. That is not how that works. Yeah, that happens a lot. I see a lot of, a lot of that. And I've actually thought about going to some. And then, you know, I think about it and I'm like, okay, well, what is going to be the real value out of this? Is it just going to be more of a pitch when I get there to kind of pay for something else? And, you know, so that's a really big part of um, what's going on in today's age, you know, yeah. it's very, expensive. it's hard. Mm-hmm. Discernment is really valuable now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one book or blog that you think every black woman should read? Blog? A book or a blog? Um, a book. I'm talking like I read books. The last book I read was from my mentor, um, Maxine Clark. She's the founder of Build a Bear, and it was her uh-huh. book about how she built Build a Bear. Um, and it's really great for you know, like general life experience and advice, and like learning how to listen to other people and seeing opportunities mm-hmm. and all that. I yeah. I would suggest that. I don't, hmm. I've been meaning to get back into books. All my friends are doing read a book a week challenges. I guess that's how, yeah. If anybody has recommendations on the, the latest vampire teenage romance, I'll read that. I love those. <laughs> my jam. Do you like, so are you big into social media? Like you follow certain pages and things that you kind of. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to yeah. recommend Twitter accounts. So I was like, yeah, Walnut World. That's a good oh. Twitter account I like to follow. <laughs> I know we're open to it all because I know Mm -hmm. the way we receive information is so different now. Um, And then any key resources you use for your business, like technology that you use to kind of, you know, keep everything in line, organized, whatever. Um, Google Drive is awesome. Mm -hmm. I I I mean, I use the basic Google Drive, Slack. Um, I use different publishing tools. I use Buffer for like scheduling my personal 
so like branded social media. Um, what's one of my favorite tools? I use Evernote for like note keeping. I, I, I write notes by hand, but then I also write them down because what has kept me balanced and what I think a lot of people could benefit from is like, you have this big giant task and you're like, oh my God, I, I, gotta, I gotta launch a product. <laughs> okay, okay, no, break it down. Like what, what are the components of launching a product? You gotta design it, okay? Mm-hmm. When I designed it, I gotta contact the 3D filter. I gotta, you know, get his budget. I break it down. Right. So having Evernote helps me visualize my plan, mm-hmm. my roadmap. Um, so that's really helpful for me. Um, I live by my calendar, um, mm-hmm. live and die by it. If it's not on my calendar, it don't exist. Um, <laughs> my friends, my friends put dinner on my calendar. Like they, they defend it to my calendar. They know. Like, mm. <laughs> You won't be there if not. <laughs> I will not. Like, you only found out the rest of them. I was like, I don't see that on my calendar. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Anybody still need to come there? Um, what other technology? Um, one thing I have done is uh, with the latest iOS update for my iPhone is mm-hmm. I set limits on certain apps. So oh, even oh, though I yes. tweet a lot, but it's really funny. I'm, I only am allowed to be on Twitter for an hour a day. Mm. Um, or it will like, like not, it won't let you log it in. I mean, I can like you know remove it. They'd be like, yeah. you want to extend the time, but I typically don't. And then I also put Instagram for thirty minutes. Um, yeah, so I just like really limit my time on social media. I need okay. to start using that. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I also curated my social media, so anything that made me sad or unhappy, I just block or like unfollow. And lastly, who's a boss girl that inspires you? I, like, these are my friends. Wait, I'm Lucia from Natural Club. Um, We we started our companies around the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's raised $5 million. Her company has just skyrocketed. Um, I always looked at, we we talk and, like, we, like, you know, share stories. And I'm always looking at, you know, what she's doing because she's always ahead of everyone else. Um, there's Beyonce, Rihanna, um, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, the basics, yeah. Can we talk about the rollout of Ivy Park? Wasn't that just amazing? Um, I think it's really cool. I don't wear orange or maroon, so I'm waiting for the cool tone version to come out before <laughs> buying <laughs> Those outfits always Thank confuse you. me, because they're not, like, realistic, I would go out, you know, out of the town wearing them, but, like, you wouldn't actually work out <laughs> The, uh, that's crazy. The outfits are meant to inspire yeah. you yeah. to, you know, work out, but not actually go. The idea of working out <laughs> without working out. Exactly. Cool. You know, supposed <laughs> to look like you do work out, but no. Right. <laughs> okay. Lord of mercy. <laughs> so we do want to thank you, Elisa, for joining us today. Um, we can't wait to watch Healthy Roots Dolls continue to grow and be successful as it already is. So, ladies, as usual, we will have all of Yulitz's information in the episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay in tune with all of our new releases. And we can't wait to chat with you guys soon. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.